We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, everybody. About once a month or so, I try to take as many of your questions as I can. And I have seven questions that I'm going to answer here over the next few minutes, ranging from whether or not I think Trump should be impeached. I've been watching some of the Mueller hearings this morning. Uh, Am I going to run for public office ever? Uh, What's the best movie that I've seen recently? What tools do I use to manage my time? Do I think Trump could be reelected? What's my favorite food? And am I still boycotting the NFL this season? Those are the seven questions that I'm going to answer. Let's dig in. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The the, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 The Breakdown. I'm always glad to be able to take some time and answer as many of your questions as I can. And the first question is timely because right now there are hearings from Robert Mueller, former FBI director. Uh, There are hearings going on right now. I actually have them going on in the background as I record the podcast. And the hearings are not impeachment hearings. The hearings are congressional hearings about the Mueller report, which was a nearly 500-page report backed by what we are told are potentially hundreds of thousands of source documents and interviews that was launched to investigate Russian interference in the 2016 election and the Mueller report, and virtually everyone agrees, yes, there was absolutely Russian interference in the 2016 election. His testimony earlier this morning was that it was uh, sweeping and systematic, and so that is clear. And the other part of his investigation, which took nearly two years, was whether or not the Trump administration participated in that uh, election interference and whether or not the Trump administration attempted to obstruct justice or fully uh, allow the investigation to go on. And it appears I've actually read most of the Mueller report It appears that on 10 different instances, there were some cases of obstruction of justice and Mueller was grilled on those things today. I, I think back to the original question, do I think Trump should be impeached? Absolutely. I I think impeachment hearings should have already started. I, I don't think it's ever too late for impeachment uh, just because things are slow or take time. I think the Mueller report details in exhaustive detail just how great a a length Trump went to to impede the investigation from so many different angles. And the um, the hearing today, I thought, really lifted that up. And in the hearing, uh, Robert Mueller literally said the only reason that he did not file charges and that the 
uh, special prosecutor's office did not file charges was because of a statement that they received, a standard they were told that that office cannot charge a sitting president. And so, in other words, the Mueller investigation found exhaustive information about obstruction of justice and was able to prosecute other people for criminal things they did in partnership with Donald Trump, but that they could not prosecute him solely, only because he's the president of the United States. And literally in the final paragraph of the Mueller report, uh, Mueller details how that is the job of Congress to do. And so, yes, absolutely, uh, Donald Trump should be impeached. At the very least, impeachment hearings should begin. Um, I, I think, as many other experts have said, that it is highly unlikely that the Senate, as it's presently constituted, would ever impeach Donald Trump. But that's not it's not a political calculation in that sense. Like, I think it should happen on the merit and the Mueller report. It has, you know, situation after situation where Trump obstructed justice. And if you actually go back uh, just a few episodes from this episode, I think on episode 61 of the breakdown, I, I give a 35 minute explanation on how Trump's blatant, explicit racism and bigotry are a violation of his oath of office and also cause for impeachment. So my answer to that is an emphatic yes, but I I want to balance it out uh, with this. There are a lot of battles to fight, and impeachment I do think is a necessary battle. It should have already happened. And I will also just want to uh, celebrate particularly dozens and dozens of Congress people of color who were the first to call for it. Black and Latino Congress people all over the country started calling for impeachment early. And and now the evidence has continued to pile up. And so Trump should be impeached, but there are many different battles we should be fighting. This second question is a question that I get at least a few times a day, particularly when I'm out and about in the city. Our podcast studio is actually in Brooklyn, and so when I'm walking around Brooklyn, I get this question, but even as I travel around the country, I get it a lot as well. Am I going to run for public office? Maybe. (laughs) You know, and I'm not being coy. I don't have any immediate plans to run for office. Um, You know, I was, I was, the last time I ran for office, you would literally have to go back to exactly 20 years ago in 1999 when I was student government president at Morehouse College. And that is starting to feel like a very long time ago. And so it's been decades since I have uh, even been involved in student politics on that level. But, you know, we have a couple of things that I am a a co-founder of the Real Justice Pack, where we help run and manage and, and... uh, power campaigns for district attorney all over the country. And I'm excited about the work we're doing with real justice. And through that work, I have not only learned so much about America's justice system, or I would say so-called justice system, but I've learned so much about campaigns, how to win them. I've learned painfully uh, what happens when you lose them and how, how to lose them. 
I've learned a lot about politics through the Real Justice Pack on the ground about how you organize people, how you get out the vote, uh, where things can go wrong. And that's in part why we also started the Action Pack, a brand new political organization that is literally just a, a week old. And we hope to help fuel campaigns around the country outside of district attorneys races uh, for Congress, for for Senate, for for governors, for mayors, for city councils, for boards of education, uh, for state legislators. We hope to do what we've done for district attorneys across the country. We hope to do in other political races. And so I am deeply involved politically every single day. A huge part of my life and energy is not just spent studying politics and trying to understand politics, but is spent on political races, I'm, I may eventually run for office myself right here in New York. I love New York with, with my whole heart. It's New York has welcomed me and my family with open arms. We love this place. Uh, we tell people all the time, New York is like another country. There's just no place like it in the United States, no place like it in the world. But there's still so many ways that New York could be better, could be more equitable and fair. And New York is always striving to be better. And um, I'd love one day to figure out uh, a way to make use of um, my my skills and background and experience as an elected official here in the city. I don't, I don't know when that is. I'm I'm not itching to do it tomorrow, but uh, but I'm always considering it. So that's just my. That's my honest answer. I love what I'm doing now, and so I'm going to continue doing what I do now and you know, try to make change in every way I know how for as long as I can. All right, let me take a look at the next question. The, the breakdown. I think I've said this on the podcast many times, but I am a, a movie buff. I love movies, and uh, that goes all the way back to my early childhood uh, even as a little, little boy, I always was just a movie fiend, uh, and I watched every type of movie. And uh, my my brother and I, my brother passed away last year, but he and I, we grew up in a house where our mother allowed us to watch pretty much anything. Like, we were watching rated R movies when I was four or five years old, and so there was no filter on what was available to us to watch. Uh, and uh, And because of that, I just grew up, loving movies and I have tried to share my love of movies and film with uh with all of the kids all five of our kids the best movie that I've seen recently uh I often have to I I don't want to say have to because I love Marvel movies but I often when I go to the movies it's because I'm watching something with the kids and uh the last movie that we saw as a family was the the latest Spider-Man movie, I think it's Spider-Man Far From Home. And I thought that was an excellent Marvel movie. I thought it was just an excellent movie in general. I know it was a good movie because my wife loved it. And she is not a huge Marvel fan. Like, we kind of drag the whole family. Are, we're all Marvel fans. We kind of have to drag her along sometimes. and um, <laughs> But she liked Spider-Man as well. And uh, so Spider-Man Far From Home, I thought, was a was a great movie for sure. And uh, there are other things that I would like to see, but I have been working 
super hard lately, and I normally would watch a movie here or there in the evening, but um, but we've been working around the clock recently as we build out this podcast, as we build out the North Star, as we build out the action pack, as we prepare races for real justice. Uh, there's a lot going on. I'm also, I've finished writing my book called Make Change, and now we're deep into the editing process. So I don't have nearly as much time to watch movies as I would like, but Spider-Man Far From Home was really, really good. All right, let me see what the next question is. All right, what tools do I use to manage my time? Well, typically, I, I turned 40 this year, and for most of my adult life, I have always been crazy busy and I have always crammed a lot into each and every day. And I have done it for for most of my life up until this past year in a way that was so messy, like with no with no real calendar, no notes, just like committing everything to memory. And as you could imagine, Doing it that way, way too much stuff falls through the cracks. And uh, this is the first year of my life that I have really used, first and foremost, uh, an online calendar, okay? And so I'm using Google Calendar, and my whole family now uses it. Um, And we share the calendars with each other. I have the Google Calendar app on my phone I rarely look at it on my computer or my laptop, but I look at my Google Calendar app on my phone. I mean, I swear by it. I look at it 20 times a day to keep me on schedule. I get notifications from it uh, to let me know uh, what's coming when a meeting has to end. And I do have an advantage that many of you may not have. Uh, uh, this year is the first year in, in over a decade that I have an assistant. And over the past few years, I, again, I've just been kind of winging it and, and doing it on my own. But uh, I have an amazing assistant, Lissandra, who helps me manage my time and manage my schedule. And uh, I couldn't manage anything with my schedule the way I do without her. And so, like, right now as I'm recording this podcast... I pulled up my Google Calendar, uh, and I and I see that I have about 45 minutes left to finish this recording and move on to the next task, and that's just how my life has to go. Now, we started using a new to-do list app that works for me, and there are many to-do apps, but we're using Wonderlist. That's W-U, Wonderlist, and... It, it works for us. I am just now adjusting to using it. And every time I check in there and see the, the to-dos that I have, I'm always, always glad that I have the app. But I'm just now transitioning to using it properly. And so uh, Google Calendar is the main thing that keeps me focused and, uh, and then having an assistant uh, which is, I know, a luxury for so many of us. Having an assistant is a huge part of what makes all that work. Uh, and I think we're going back to another political question after this. This is a question that I get all the time. Uh, I got a chance to speak at the 
uh, National NAACP convention in Detroit earlier this week. And several young people and several other attendees there at the conference asked me the same thing. I get asked all the time, do I think Donald Trump could be reelected? And my answer is absolutely. He could absolutely be reelected. And I say that soberly. I was one of the few people early on uh, a year before he was elected the first time that thought he could be elected. And I actually, you may have heard me say this. I'll say it loudly. I believe he is a very formidable opponent. And that's not because he's a good person. It's not because he's smart. It's not because he understands politics. I believe he has a base that is cultish. They are deeply committed to him. And so he his floor bottoms out at around 35% where he'll never really dip below that and those that 35% of his support they love that man. I mean they're never going to bail. It doesn't matter if he says something openly racist and I think Trump was way 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 ahead of the curve on this. Trump said before he was ever elected that he thought he could go out on 5th Avenue outside of his home shoot and kill somebody and his people would still be with him. And he was right. But even more than that, I think Trump is willing to go harder. He's willing to fight dirtier. Uh, he's, he's a difficult political opponent because he doesn't play by traditional uh, political campaign rules. Um, and you try to fight back with him playing those rules you're at a tremendous disadvantage because he doesn't obey those rules. Just for instance, he's now been documented to to, uh, have told over 11,000 lies. Well, typically one lie could tank a presidential campaign. So when you're having a debate with him, um, he'll lie right there on the spot. But there's something else that I'm starting to really worry about. The, the Democratic primaries begin this January, and, and it's July, and it's toward the end of July now. We have some more debates this month. And the the primary, like the pre-primary season that we're in will continue August all the way through December, and it will continue to pick up. But in January, February, March, and April, states will, will begin voting. And what I think is going to happen is – is something I think we should be concerned about. I don't know that there's a way around it. I think we can only fix it for the next election cycle, but not the one that we're in. I think that the Democratic primary is going to go deep into July and that we won't know. I'm talking about July of 2020, and we won't know who the Democratic nominee is going to be more than likely until July of 2020. And what that means is that while the Democratic nominee will have fought for 18 months or almost two years to get the nomination, that they're only going to have August, September, and October to fight to defeat Donald Trump. And that's not a lot of time. It's a 50-state election. And, you know, to win the Electoral College when you effectively have, you know, 90 days, I mean, it's just not a lot of time to to combat him in a head-to-head. And I wish there was a way in the future to make the Democratic primaries happen earlier in the season 
to then introduce the general election process sooner because I, I'm just concerned that we're going to get a nominee and it's going to be difficult for all of the audiences of all the current candidates to put all their differences aside and come together. And that process is going to need to take a day. Like there's not one. <laughs> I don't think it's natural for that process to take a day, but that process cannot carry on of everybody deciding whether or not they're going to back the, uh, the, the nominee. But then that 90 days, it's just nothing. And I am worried uh, the incumbent always has the advantage and trumps the, the incumbent. But that 90 day process, I wish it was more like six months or nine months that the general election took place over a longer period of time instead of just the Democratic primary. So I believe Trump is very formidable. I believe he could be reelected. And I would say as it stands today, I would make him the favorite to be reelected. I don't say that to cause any of us to be despondent, but if anything, to inspire us that we have to step it up the best way that we can. All right. But yeah, he could be reelected. All right. The next question is not something so damn scary. All right. The, the, the breakdown. What's my favorite food? I, I am really going to talk about how much I love food in New York. Uh, I, part of what's so great about food in New York is because New York is one of the most diverse cities in the entire world. You have the best food from all the different cultures of the world here. And it's not stereotypical Americanized versions of food. You get authentic cuisine from all over the world here. And uh, for lunch, I, uh, I, we have the app Seamless. Uh, in your city, it may be uh, Grubhub. Here it's called Seamless. It's the same app owned by the same company. But uh, it's the app that I use to to order food. And I normally order just when I'm in the podcast studio, I normally order from one Caribbean restaurant and typically get one Caribbean dish. Um, I love Caribbean food in general. And New York has absolutely some of the best Caribbean food, not just uh, not just Jamaican, but from all over the Caribbean, uh, and Cuban as well, uh, Trinidadian. And uh, I love the, the spiciness, the flavor, uh, the heartiness of it. And uh, Cuban and Caribbean Jamaican food has definitely become some of my favorite food for sure. All right. And I love uh, one of my favorite foods within that category I'm a big uh, sweet plantain guy, so I love fried sweet plantains, and I always get them. Now, everybody doesn't do them well, and so it can be hit or miss, but when you find a place that does plantains well, you got to keep it. All right, I think we got one last question. Am I still boycotting the NFL this season? I wish I had a harder time answering this, but I am still boycotting the NFL this season. And uh, that breaks my heart because I watch the NFL. I'm a huge sports junkie, and I watch the NFL faithfully for almost 35 years of my life. 
and I loved the NFL. I had players and teams that I rooted for, but because of the way the NFL has treated, mistreated Colin Kaepernick, who has become my friend and brother and, and a guy that I uh, also just admire for his courage and bravery, speaking out against police brutality and bigotry in this country, uh, he continues to basically be banned from the NFL during the the physical height of his career. He's a young man. And during the the natural peak of his career, he continues to be effectively banned from this league. And I think it's disgusting. And I had hoped when the NFL settled a lawsuit with not just Colin Kaepernick, but Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed in effect, admitting that they had mistreated both of them by keeping them out of the league, I had hoped that that meant a few teams would let their guard down and hire him. And here we are nearly 900 days since Colin Kaepernick has been banned from the league. Um, You know, maybe it's because I know him. Um, but I, I hope it's not just because I know him, but because I do, I can't support it because it's my. they have mistreated my friend. But when I re- even remove my friendship, they have only kept Colin Kaepernick out of the league because he took a silent knee against injustice in America. He is a good man. He is a stable person. He is a generous, compassionate, charitable person. He has an impeccable record of integrity, and he is an all-pro athlete, a world-class athlete. He was literally a max contract player. He took his team to the Super Bowl. He set NFL records. He took his team to the playoffs beyond that Super Bowl season. And he has so much football left in him. He is in amazing condition and continues to stay sharp and focused. And all of us should be disgusted that any company would effectively ban, or it appears to be permanently, but to effectively ban anyone for taking a silent protest against injustice. And I'm disgusted even thinking about it. So... I have I have made now dozens and dozens of friends inside of the NFL, and I would love to watch those brothers play the game. I I still encourage them behind the scenes, and uh, and I'm rooting for them and for their success on the field and off. But because of how they've mistreated Colin Kaepernick, I just can't support the league, not at all. Break it down. Thank you all for making it all the way through this episode of The Breakdown. And as always, I'm glad to answer your questions. And we'll continue trying to do that at least once per month. Listen, if you have not already signed up to be a part of The Breakdown crew, we want you to join us. And you can join right now at TheBreakdownCrew.com. Already over 21,000 people have joined. And it's that crew that we take regular, bold action steps with, and we want you all to join us. So join now at TheBreakdownCrew.com. For all of you who've already joined, you know that we're building something really special privately behind the scenes. We're building something special together, and we want all of you to join us. 
So join now at TheBreakdownCrew.com. Also, if you haven't already left a review for this podcast, please, please, please leave your very best review on whatever app it is that you're using. Now we're nearing 10,000 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So thank all of you who continue to leave your very best reviews. And listen, if you love this podcast, if you want to read the transcripts, if you want to support this work, we invite you and we would love for you to become a member of the North Star. The North Star is the parent company of this podcast, and we are completely solely funded by the generous support of all of our members. And you can go and join us right now at the Northstar.com. Of course, as always, thank our entire crew from Lysandra and Willis, our senior producer and podcast director, and everybody else who makes this podcast possible. Love and appreciate each of you. Take care, everybody. Break it down. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg. And real cheese folded over the side, looking just so good. Mmm, mmm, grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm, ba 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 I participate in McDonald's.